Hello, this is Dan Russo, head football coach of Island High School. You're listening to The Dan Russo Show on Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's what I call the rally cry. Relentless, like a dog on a bone. We got gas in the tank to go all night. We got gas in the tank to go all night. Relentless, we don't walk alone. Relentless. All right, everybody, after a bye week off, we are back. This is the Dan Russo Show, presented by the Red and Gray Gridiron Group and Underground Sports Philadelphia. If you're watching on YouTube, you can already tell Coach Russo is not on this week's episode, first time in show history, but we're doing a little uh, a little booth breakdown episode of the Dan Russo Show here for a midseason report. We're going to you know recap a little bit of the matchup against Kingsway, and then we're going to dive into Washington Township, but joining me... In place of Coach Russo this week, obviously the big festivities with uh, Lou Picone getting the key to the city, the street named after him in the city of Vineland, and a big uh, gala-type dinner tonight on Thursday uh, is my partner up in the booth, the one and only Rich Scarpa, joins us here as the first guest host in the Dan Russo Show history. Rich, welcome to the show. I know you're a longtime listener, first-time hoster now in the radio space, if you will, but... uh, Happy to have you on to uh, co-host the show and co-pilot with me this week. And coming out of a bye week, Vineland football has a big task at hand, a, a kind of a familiar opponent in Washington Township. But looking back, you know, going into this matchup, they're 2-2 two and two to start this season. And at about the midway point, there's a lot of good things to, you know, feel about this Vineland football team. And then, obviously, that Kingsway matchup we were talking before we started recording was kind of their first, you know, Welcome to the season moment where they did get knocked down a bit. Um, but overall, a 2-2 two and two start to the season where in 2021, this Vineland High School football program only won two games all year. So there's a lot of positives to take away so far through the first four games of the season. Yeah, and, and it's easy to forget. And then we talked a couple weeks ago during the broadcast. You kind of compare everything to when everything was at its best. And we're talking about talent that is in the NFL, talent that is playing big time D1, and plus 15, 20 guys playing in college now. So that talent's there, and things kind of have to form their way along. We had a nice group come up together, and now this is the next group. And sometimes to compare it to where we've been, and even when we were there, I had a conversation before the game, uh, before the last game with Kingsway. And I'm talking to some of the youth coaches prior to the game. And they're like, hey, Scarp, you know, I coached a lot of them. They're like, Scarp, what's what's going on? How come we can't beat these teams? We beat them all the time in midgets. And I'm like, this is so different. I, I can remember coaching and having Darren Ford, one of the fastest baseball players ever, but also track and a great running back and Jamar Bird with them. The two of them were on like a national champ four by whatever many hundreds. Mm-hmm. They but when you're a freshman and you come up and play high school football, the fastest kid doesn't get the edge. And sometimes you got to look back at your junior football and say, oh, my God, so-and-so was awesome. You know, we barely had to block anybody. He could get the edge. You can't do that with defenses here. Then we take it a step further. We're not playing the old Cape American. We're not playing Lower Cape May, Middle Township, Apsagami. Yeah, we're playing the best of the best in South Jersey. 
This year, our league is the second toughest in the West Jersey. For the past four years, it was the toughest. So there's not that, oh, take a break, you got a slouch. Our slouches are teams that their schools have over 1,500 kids in them. And, and no offense to the smaller schools, but we're not playing them anymore. And the difference between youth football and high school, um, you can be two steps quicker and still not get an edge with the, the way defenses work. And also what you did there, you were eligible. It didn't matter if you were having trouble in class. It didn't really matter if you got in trouble for throwing a sandwich in fifth grade at lunch and mm-hmm. got a day of in school. You know, here you're out. You know, here real life happens and maybe you got to take care of a little brother or sister. Maybe your family moves somewhere. So it is a lot tougher. And the one thing I've always appreciated about Coach Russo is from day one, he didn't complain about, hey, they're putting me with two parochial powers. They're putting me with South Jersey's best football team the last eight years, Williamstown. You know, and we're playing all these teams. He accepted that challenge and built a program to where we're competitive. And we're going to talk a little more after, you know, when we get back to being competitive, because last week wasn't great. And we'll go over that a little later. But there's just so much going on. You can't compare this team and this program to the ones I coached for. I coached under Coach Bill McGee and Coach Ed Belfi. We had different issues, different problems trying to build a program up. But this program is competing against the top teams in the state. So sometimes when you're a little down, it's going to show up like it did last week. 100%. And then, you know, you look at some of the the highs from this season so far, you know, being able to overcome adversity on the road against a clear view, being able to win on the road has become, you know, something that this team is able to do. And I think that's an important, uh, you know, trait for a young team like this, this squad is here in 2022 is, they, they know how to win as a team on the road. They know how to win consecutive games. Now it's a matter of being able to notch that first home win, which they'll get another opportunity at October 7th against Holy Spirit. But they're on the road this week against Washington Township coming out of a bye. And you want to see how this team responds after you know that beatdown type of loss that they took against Kingsway two weeks ago where they lost 51-7 to and it just seemed like Nothing could really go their way. It was just one of those nights where no matter what you did, Kingsway always had your number, and that's why they're the defending Group 5 champs. You know, they proved, hey, we're at the top of the top. You still have a ways to go, and that's totally okay for this group of Vineland High School football because there is so much young talent on this team that's still learning to grow together. And I think by the time you get a Danny Russo and some of these sophomores and freshmen that are building up together – when they get to their senior year, they're going to be able to look back on an experience like this against Kingsway where they lost 51-7 to and take things away from that game where you learn from that and you build upon that and you leave a loss like that in the rearview window and you keep moving forward to your next opponent. And I think, in a sense, it was a good thing that following that Kingsway loss, they had a bye week to kind of sit on this one learn from it, dissect it, and now it's all a matter of how do they come out of this bye week from having, you know, two weeks to almost sit on this loss, and how do they respond to kind of getting punched in the mouth? Well, first, to go back to trying to win at home. So the next test at home was the team that finished second in South Jersey last year. But to go back to having the extra time to try to write this, because it it was – 
It started out rough. We had a goal line stand first and goal inside the three. The violent defense stands up, but then just not able to do enough with the football. And as you mentioned, it just spirals a little out of control. One thing I think works for Vineland in this regrouping stage now, and this may sound not nice, but when you're together, and I had 12 years coaching wrestling at Vineland High, and you have the same group of guys with you, you know what you do when certain things happen. And Coach Volpe, the former offensive coordinator, and Coach Cliff Smith were fantastic. Volpe's offense put up more points than anybody else. Cliff had a great defense. But your message gets old. When I was coaching, it was I was the young guy on the mat, and I was the one bringing the energy. Near the end of that, I had to hire a young coach, you know, because you, you kind of see things a little different. So I think having those two new coordinators, along with some other coaches in there, is going to bring that energy and make this transition a little bit easier to regroup, to move forward. And two and two, after going two and 11, like we're, in, we're okay. And we can compete with some teams on the schedule, but not the way the game went against Kingsway. And one thing Vineland has not done well is lose pretty, but it still goes on the scoreboard as a loss. We've had times with defending state champs Williamstown where we're in a one-point game. Um, when I first got sick a couple of years ago, you, we were down at Holy Spirit, and I'm listening to you call a game, and we go into halftime, I think it's a one-point game at the half with not one of our strongest years. So we've been in there, but just being able to stay in there long enough has been hard. And to regroup and have the time to get this team back together is real important. I think that's where we're going to see the new coaches and their voice in there try to regroup this team. Yeah, and I think we've seen glimpses of that in-game as well this year, where in years past you hadn't really seen you know, the in-game adjustment factor, and we saw a ton of that in that game against Clearview earlier this year, where coming out of halftime, you know, we saw Clearview's kicker doing a bunch of onside kicks. Well, immediate response special teams-wise, let's put an all-hands team out there, all skill position players to counter what they're doing in their kicking game. And that really sparked, you know, those in-game adjustments to really approach how Clearview was dominating that game from a special teams aspect, which allowed Vineland's offense and defense to go out there and make adjustments during the game as well. And I think that's something that, you know, you tip your cap to these new coordinators where the message that they're sending out there is being picked up nearly immediately from these players, whether it's at practice before a game, during a game, halftime, you know, I think that's a, a true testament to how well this group of, of Vineland High School football players have responded to new voices in the locker room. Yeah, and, and to, to touch on your point earlier, we, we talk about making changes. That, that first half against Clearview did not go well defensively. Um, people were not following their cues. People were having their eyes in the backfield. And Clearview showed that they can just move the ball down the field pretty much getting five yards a pop at will. And that was shut down in the second half and was changed. So that ties right to your point that we're seeing these changes. We still have that athletic hands up front in the next football game saying, well, you know what? Most people are just popping the ball up anyway. Let's put our skills out there and not worry about having somebody that's going to drop back and make a block. Let's put our athletes out there and be prepared for that all the time. Yeah, and I think you look at the way this offense has really evolved from last year to this year, you know, 
the jump that that Danny Russo has taken from his freshman to his sophomore year has been very impressive and I think the the new offensive coordinator coming in and allowing Danny to use his skills he's a talented thrower of the ball he can get the ball down the field and I think allowing him to do what he's best at has really helped this team in terms of just being able to move the ball put up points on the scoreboard and just allowing the offense as a whole to get comfortable where you're not really stuck and using you know Danny's a quarterback we talk about this all the time he's a quarterback that can run He's not a running quarterback. So you can use those designed runs in there and allow him to use his power to move the ball forward, which we've seen him do successfully time and time again. But you can also allow him to unleash and let him use his arm to hit some of these receivers downfield, whether it's Hitchens, Tank Powell, or you know hitting guys in the slot on kind of those you know short slant routes. I think that versatility that they've allowed Danny to kind of unlock this year has been super helpful with this offense really coming into its own through the first four weeks of this, of this season. Yeah, and for the Kingsway game, it was sophomore Russo and sophomore Clark, our lead running back and our lead quarterback, going against two seniors. And we talked pregame, numbers were very similar between the two. But this was a matter of, as a team and as individuals, the older, more experienced really pulled through. And once they got ahead, were able to roll with it. But going back to that game and every game we've had at home, we've been on a little bit of a slide at home. The crowd has been outstanding. I mean, and granted, sometimes there wasn't a lot to cheer for, but an eight-yard kickoff return brought them to their feet. People are just there and just waiting. And hopefully this team can gel together and make a little bit of a push. But the schedule doesn't get much easier as – this week is a tremendously difficult. And then we have Holy Spirit. You have a 4-0 Pensalkin on the schedule and Egg Harbor in there. And then you go to Millville, who may end up still being the best team in the state. Yeah, and I mean, you, you talk about the crowd and just the atmosphere at Catone Stadium this year. It, it feels different, just like the aura around this roster has felt different. You know, Obviously, having 2020 limited fans, mostly being parents, 2021, people starting to feel a little more comfortable coming back out to watch the team. You have full community integration now where the stands are are more packed than ever. You're interacting with your marching band, your cheerleaders, everybody kind of coming together, uh, injecting kind of new life into the game day atmosphere. And it brings back to when I was in high school, you know, a decade ago, where you had the student section, you had, you know, the banter back and forth between two fan bases. It really feels like Catone Stadium on Friday nights now, again, is the place to be if you're going to Vineland High School. If you are a fan of somebody on this team, like you want to be part of that game day experience across the board. They've done a really good job rejuvenating having, you know, uh, you know, Rob Bono come in for the snack stands and everything to bring that true game day environment into Catone Stadium. And again, I feel like that had been something that kind of got lost over the years, which I think just enhances everybody who's on this roster, knowing that there are fans behind them rooting for them and not coming there to, you know, kind of have this vitriol and this hate for a team that, you know, was underperforming for the past couple of seasons. Now they're behind this team. You have the band behind this team, the cheerleaders behind this team. I think that goes such a long way, and it's something that gets overlooked 
so much in the grand scheme of what goes into to Friday Night Lights, but it's been an electric atmosphere, the two home games we've had. And like you said, the fans are just on the edge of their seats waiting to erupt at any moment for something to happen. And I think that's such an advantage, too, for these home games for Violent. If they can put something together, which we brought up on the broadcast, they have not won a home game since November 5th, 2020. That's a long time to go on a, a winless drought at your home stadium that is one of the best facilities in all of New Jersey. You want to put on a performance for these fans, and obviously you're on the road this week, but that's something to look forward to coming out of this bye week and going into the second half of your schedule is let's put on for the fans, let's put on for you know this band that supports us week in, week in and week out, the cheerleaders week in and week out, and make it so that Friday night's Catone Stadium is the place to be. Well, that's one thing since Coach Russo's taken over. Like, I look at it as myself as an old coach. And when I was talking to Danny originally, he's like, we're going to have the best uniforms. We're going to get that scoreboard going the way it needs to with the video replays, our social media. And I'm an old school coach. And I'm like, dude, you don't want to be here? Don't be here. I'll deal with it. And in a way, I forgot a little bit of how excited I was whether it was football or wrestling, when we had a packed house and how we wanted to entertain and how we wanted the school community, we had the Spirit Club back then, to be involved, how much seeing an article in the newspaper meant. Now, granted, it's a little different now with social media. You get it on Twitter or wherever else. But those things matter. And as I got older, they didn't matter and I couldn't remember. But looking at the best stadium in South Jersey, the best uniforms. We have a video scoreboard, regular nice scoreboard. And we're not talking about a stadium with just some metal bleachers. You know, this is built in 41 with the WPA. And it's a beautiful stadium set with a Gothic background. Talking to our camera crew and Gia, and it's like, it'd be really awesome if we could shoot from the other side. Like, you know, and and and, and see, because when we shoot, we see the, the old high school, Landis School, mm-hmm. but you don't see all the people that are in this crowd supporting this team and all the little things that matter are done and people want to be here. And we're not losing our kids anymore. When I was coaching with coach Belfi, I'm like, Oh, we got three of our kids to play against the St. Joe's today. And then five at the prep. So everything he's done has worked out. If the competition level was what it used to be, we're talking eight and two every year, mm-hmm. but you are playing the best of the best. And as a fan base, just keep supporting it because it'll continue to grow. You know, we hit a little bit of a bump last year and you just got to call it what it, the senior class didn't really gel together and didn't really lift up the underclassmen when that's different right now. And they've had their first test last week with a, a bad defeat. And I believe that that senior class that we have now, along with our coaches, we'll pull this back together so we can play some good football. Yeah, and even looking back at at last year, it's, it was such a weird circumstance for that senior class coming back in after, you know, school getting shut down and having to, you know, kind of reacclimate after an unmitigated circumstance that nobody had ever dealt with before. And now that I think we're getting back to some normalcy with that, you're seeing the leadership on the field. We talk about it time and time again when we're on the broadcast Week two at Bridgeton, when Derek Akami came back into the lineup, you felt that juice from him. You felt his leadership and his presence on that defense, and it really opened up lanes for so many different guys along that defensive line, in that linebacker group. And that's something that has really stood out to me is, you know, 
from last year to this year, he's really taken a step forward as a leader, not only on the defense, but in the locker room. And so many people are gravitated to what he has to say. And whenever I see him after games, I say, keep doing what you're doing because these guys listen to you. You don't want to lose them. So don't keep your head down. You got to lead by example. And he has really proven to me that he has that leadership quality in him. And it's been very impressive to see him kind of, you know, take that next step from his junior year to his senior season now. Yeah, and last year, there was a lot of great football by Akame, but there was also some penalties. Mm-hmm. I've not seen any of those this year. you know. And sometimes when you play with so much aggression, you get some of those fouls. But it's been really good, really clean. Not only makes a world of difference on the defense, but also allows people to have a series out and to roll some players through. And you know, Derek right now is second-team offensive tackle, so he may rep there for a series, give somebody a break. And, and it makes a difference. And just having Charles Clark back makes a difference. And as they get together, everybody knows where they're at and what they're doing. And Vinland has so many pieces. Their receivers are seven guys with over five catches right now. And they can do it a lot of different ways. And as long as they can get it back together and believe in what's going on, the defense is still strong. I, you had a bad game. But when we look at this season, if we would have played Ocrest pretty much a week later, every the offense is so different than when we played mm-hmm. Ocrest. So you're talking about a team 3-0 and going in and getting beat by the defending Group 5 champs and got beat ugly. But it's still a loss. We're at 3-1. and 2-2, and two, but we're a strong 2-2. Two and two. You know, that first one we really wish we could have back. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about the offense being different too, like – Week one, you lose your starting tight end, who you're assuming you're going to have for the entire season, Charles Burt. Unfortunately, lose him uh, to injury. And at left tackle, arguably the most important position for a right-handed throwing quarterback is a first-time left tackle in Emmanuel DeVellis, who is week by week getting better and better, learning the position. He was on the show a couple weeks ago talking about how playing left tackle has allowed him to improve his defensive game as well and I think it's super impressive to see that you know in his first time ever playing the position on the offensive line he stepped up in so many different ways and you just see his game continue to progress and continue to get better and that's just a testament to this offense too to be able to have a first time left tackle stepping up on this offense and performing the way that they have in their two wins that have been super impressive on the offensive side of things you, you have a rookie left tackle, in a sense, in Emmanuel DeVellis. Yeah, and, and the line continues not just to gel together, but there's moving pieces. Offensively and defensively, the defensive line has rotated and switched, so has offense. But how about all the different linebackers? We look at the tackle leaders on this team, and there's nine guys between 10 and 18 tackles. You know, all of a sudden, you, you didn't even notice anybody week one. And there's Carter returning a touchdown and getting 11 tackles. And it goes all the way through with everybody. So their depth is there and growing, which then, even though we're just in the middle of this, makes you say, well, we can't be losing everybody for next year. So the level of the program at all three levels, as Coach Russo says, the freshman, the JV, and the varsity, is growing and building back up. Yeah, which brings us to, you know, coming out of the bye week now, you get uh, a Washington Township team who is – you know, had their own ups and downs this season. They're two and three on the year, one and two in league play. Their last matchup uh, on the twenty third, they beat 
uh, Williamstown 27 to six. Um, so they're coming off a, a big time win. Uh, they've played Holy Spirit this year, which they lost 21 to 14 to Holy Spirit. They lost to Kingsway 24 to 10. Uh, they also played Eastern this year, which is their biggest win of the year back on September 2nd. They won 45 to 12, and then they lost to Tom's River North in week zero, 28 to 21. So some ups and downs for this Washington Township team, a team that we've seen a, a quite a few years, you know, now in a row almost, or, you know, every other year that we've seen them, but going to Washington Township now for the first time since 2019, I want to say it was. Uh, where Vineland squeaked out a one-point win in a, a very competitive matchup against Washington Township. So this is going to be a, another test for this Vineland High School football squad here in 2022. Four in a row versus Township. Last four games, Vineland's won them all, and I, I think maybe we were favored in one of them. And Township, just like what we went through with Clearview, we had to park eight miles away. Like They are packed. They are sold out most games. The atmosphere is incredible and we were able to just cling on they had a fullback that just kept kept running the ball and getting close we were able to hold on for that win but you know sometimes you have opponents that you play really well against you know if we look at the uh in the nfl the afc east how for decades with brady in new england did the dolphins beat them you know and it's just one of those things so Washington Township knows, oh, yeah, we beat this team worse than they did. And their coaches tell them you've lost four in a row to Vineland. And three of them you were favored in, you know. So there is something there, and that's why a strong start is very important. And, you know, you look at Vineland, like we mentioned, they're 2-0 and on the road this year. Uh, have been able to, you know, really put the offense together in both of those road matchups, which is super impressive for such a young roster as well. Uh, but going to Washington Township, that's a, another school that has an incredible, you know, fan section turnout week in and week out. So it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be raucous at Washington Township this Friday night. Uh, but, you know, going into this matchup, Rich, what are some things that you're looking for from this Vineland football team coming out of the bye week that you really want to see improved from the last time we saw them back at home? Well, it's, it starts with the special teams. We had some problems on punt again. And with that much time, I'm sure we got those handled. But one way, we don't have to play keep away with Washington Township, but you have to be able to drive the ball. You know, and it seems like we're getting close to mixing the run and pass, but just picking up those third downs and those first downs, it's really important. We had a few runs last week where it's a third and six and we have somebody cutting back, trying to loop around the back of the field and losing three, or even on second and six, and then we're behind everything. Got to be able to establish the run, move the change, control the ball, and start moving it forward. We had so much pressure on our defense. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, they didn't give up a touchdown, one touchdown all year, then they gave this up. Eight drives started inside our 40-yard line, you know, and, and they started on the 15 once. So the defense had no room to defend. And if the defense has room to defend, they can. But that doesn't happen without the offense doing its part consistently. You know, a first down and then a gain of eight, and then you punt the ball, and it's not a good punt. Not It's blocked. There's a problem with a formation or a decent return. It puts you right back. That defense played on its side of the field the whole game, and I don't think we saw truly how – good that defense is 
So if the offense can do its part and play field position if they need to and let the defense win this ball game for them. I and know I just, it's crazy, 52 points. But <laughs> like They came, but they were stopped for so long. We just need a little more help from the offense. And the offense from week one to week three really trended well. They just had a, a game that they couldn't sync it up. I thought at times Russo's passes were fantastic. The play calling was great. The holes were there, but it just wasn't enough. We needed one more play out of those three, not one good one, one decent one, and an act. So hopefully the offense will be able to move it a little more, and that will put us right where we need to be because the pressure switches to the home team really quick, especially when you're 0-4 against the fighting clan in your last four. They're coming back in to beat you again there. They're coming off a bad loss, so they want to jump out quick and have that doubt come back in. But what we need to do is start out strong and have them believe that, hey, there's just something about this team we struggle with. Yeah, I mean, that's bulletin board material on both ends. It's like, for Vineland, you don't want to have this streak against a team that you've been able to, you know, muster four wins in a row against come to an end. And on Washington Township's end of things, they're going to come out mean, trying to defend home turf and put an end to this this 0-4 slide that they're on. Uh, and one thing I want to see just continue to improve too from the last time we saw this Vineland football squad is, you know, just protect Danny, make sure, you know, he has time to throw, uh, and he's not, you know, having to make the quick split second decision to just go to his number one option, give him a little bit more time to kind of maneuver around in the pocket on those passing plays, get his wide receivers open, whether it's Hitchens, pal, you know, uh, a Cephas in the slot, something like that. DJ Clark, we've seen more on the offensive side over the past couple of weeks as well. Give him time to get the ball out and, you know, create those opportunities for those big plays down the field and then allow the running game to also kind of create itself. Let Charles Clark use his cutting and shifting ability to get the ball upfield. Let him run between the tackles. Let him be the versatile running back that he is. And I think this offense will continue to shine like we saw in weeks two and three. Yeah, you, you make you make a really good point about what the offense needs to do. And when we talk about Russo needing more time in the pocket, you're 100% on the money. But let's just take a step back into last year. And what were we saying? You got to spread the field and roll him out because you can't stay in the pocket. So we're getting really close to being able to be in a nice pocket and survey the whole field from where we were last year when it was almost like we got to spread it, we got to sprint him out to one side or the other, have him press the line of scrimmage, run pass option. And now he's almost able to stay in there. So there's been big improvement up front with the line, just looking for that next step. Yeah, and you want to see somebody like a James Hitchens Jr. who we talk about Time and time again, his size is his biggest strength. You know, not too many guys are going to be able to defend his 6'3 frame plus the amount of, uh, you know, height that he's able to create, getting his feet up off the ground. His arm, his wingspan is incredible. Use that to your advantage. Allow him to, you know, get those one-on-one matchups and use his height to your advantage. Get the ball a little bit higher for him to pinpoint and come down with some of these big-time game-breaking plays. Yeah, and they don't even need to be super deep. How about, you know, a 12 or 15 yard, like, and still use that size and positioning on the inside to make plays. And I'm sure we'll be seeing that. And But it all starts with giving Danny another second or two back there to read it over and make the right play. And I think another fascinating thing is going to be 
to just see how these coordinators respond after a tough game against Kingsway, just see how they rejuvenate their game plans, how they kind of, you know, get ready to scheme off of a bad loss and kind of just throw everything from that game, throw it away, don't worry about it, and kind of just push forward and allow, you know, your your game plans, your schemes to continue to develop and not dwell too much on a bad loss. That just that happens to every team every season. Yeah, and, and we bad loss, it wasn't like they drove up and down the field. There were big plays, and that secondary on defense hadn't given up big plays all year through three games, and then there was a few breakdowns that there was three guys running open. You know, great passing by the quarterback. One step or two steps was all it took to be open. It's not like, oh, he's heading back and he's lobbing one to the end zone. We all can run under it and did the guy catch it. You know, the quarterback play was great. The receiver play went for about 180. It, it was outstanding. But same token, we've covered so well all year, and I look for us to get back to that. And Washington Township's going to throw it 15 to 20 times. They're going to throw the football, even though their running back is averaging seven yards a carry. And we'll talk about that a little more pregame, get into their whole breakdown. But they can run it. Their lead back at seven yards a carry, their quarterback throwing it 15, 20 times, and pretty successfully. Yeah, and it's going to be a matter of, you know, staying honest to both aspects of their game. You know, they're like you said, they're going to be able to create opportunities in their run game. You got to stay honest to that, but that's also going to allow them to be like, all right, let's take a shot, you know, in the passing game. And, you know, your defense in the secondary has to be able to stay on its toes almost and just be ready for any opportunity that the ball's going to come their way. And we've seen this defense for Vineland create turnovers and create those turnovers into touchdowns multiple times so far this year with Carter, with Xavion Diaz, both having uh, pick sixes so far this year for this Vineland defense, which is also something we haven't seen in quite some time with the defense creating points off of turnovers. Yeah, and, and I believe in the defense. I believe in this team. You know, I believe we lost last week, but like you say, throw it out. You learn all the lessons from it and you didn't lose pretty. And when I was coaching one of my best wrestling, one of my best wrestlers ever, region champ, Nick Giordano, he never lost pretty. It'd be a toss-up match, and if he was going to lose, he's going to go down in a blaze of glory, and, and it was going to be bad. I love you, Nick, but you weren't a good – you know, you couldn't keep it tight. You know what I mean? Some, sometimes things just roll on you, and you just had a bad day. I'm not saying Vineland – should have won that game, but you know the score wasn't indicative of the level of the two teams. And I have faith in this team and this coaching staff to get that right and have a good football game this week. Hundred percent. And uh, this week it's at Washington Township, seven o'clock kickoff uh, this week, similar to last week, just on the road. Uh, but also this week, the reason Coach Russo not on the show is a uh, former Vineland High School football player and the very first to make it to the NFL, Lou Pacone being honored by the city of Vineland. Now every single uh, football player who's made it to the NFL has a key to the city, and Lou also has a street named after him in the city of Vineland and also having a big dinner that uh, all the players and coaches uh, are attending tonight. So that's where Coach Russo and company are. Lou came to you know practice today, was talking with the team. So I think that also adds a little bit of motivation to have you know the very first Vineland High School football star to make it to the NFL coming in, giving your team a pep talk, coming out of a bye week. I think that will go a long way for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and long overdue. I can remember going through school in the 80s, and it's a – well, we had Luca Cone who played for the Bills. 
and Don Money, who played for the Brewers and the Phils. And I'd look at, well, I didn't really have football cards. I'd look at the baseball card and say, oh, yeah, Vineland. And then there'd be Milbourne, Larry Milbourne at Port Norris. And I'm like, oh, these three guys made it. And maybe you get a little spoiled seeing what's going on right now. But, you know, it all started with Lou, and I'm very happy for him and his family that he's going to have his day. And um, also um, Ace Hardware is very happy. They've made yet another key for the city. They've been handing a few of them out, all head and football-wise. And it, it, this one's long overdue. He should have a skeleton key from when he got done playing. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that, uh, like you said, it's long overdue. It's somebody who has been kind of in the the – the mythology, if you will, of uh, just the city of Vineland, not just Vineland High School football, but, you know, to see him at practice with the players, you see some of the pictures that were taken too, and all the players just locked in on him while he's talking to them. That's also a very good sign of just, you know, team chemistry, leadership from the top down um, for this team. And I think that's just, it's another sprinkle of motivation for this team to know that a former NFL star is coming in to talk to you, taking his time, you know, on his special day to come see this iteration of Vineland High School football in a program that he helped build, uh, you know, during his time. He laid his brick uh, when he was in high school. I think that's going to, you know, stick with a lot of these guys come game day Friday night, and they're going to use that as some motivation to keep this win streak against Washington Township going. Yeah, and, and it's about pride in your program. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily come with wins. It comes with effort. It comes with physicality for old guys like me. Yeah, we're playing physical. We're going at it. And to have other people came back that, as you say, laid their brick. And he, now you're trying to regroup after a bad loss. Couldn't be a better time for the Mind Fighting Clan football team to have this extra and to have this understanding of what can happen. And when you look at Lou, he's not six foot five. 230 pounds either that's hard work guts determination to get to where he got not physically gifted in size and strength but so mentally determined to achieve what he did without physical advantages that other people may have naturally had over him and i think that speaks volumes to character and program or or culture as we now call it and this culture was a little rocked and now it's trying to come back. I just want to touch on one thing you said earlier, which resonated with me when you mentioned about, you know, COVID, goofy seasons and all, you know, and maybe I don't pay enough to that to last year's seniors. But, like, I work in a high school and I'm watching and dealing with behaviors and it's like, man, my juniors are like freshmen. Well, they've not been in school. So some of the maturity and the life experience that you get along the way that makes a senior behave much different than a freshman in most cases really wasn't there. So maybe the expectations that a group removed from school for half of their first two years really is going to understand and can be at that level where we need them immaturity is a little more to expect than what we should have. So I like to pull back a little bit from last year's seniors and understand where they're coming from because i get it when i'm at work i have a hard time getting it when it's sports oh 100 and you know uh you know speaking of players of the past you know we we have some alumni obviously playing 
on Saturdays and Sundays. Last week, unfortunately, Rutgers suffered their first loss of the season. Tyreen Powell, though, and company, they got another big test this week, Rich, as uh, they head up to Columbus, Ohio, to take on number three, Ohio State, uh, in some Big Ten action. But uh, Tyreem off to a fantastic start this year, and it's great to see him just succeeding. You know, we talk about Lou Pacone, we talk about Jamil Demby, Isaiah Pacheco now doing it with the Chiefs. Tyreem is on his way to being the next uh, member of the Vineland High School football uh, program, making his way to the NFL. And what what great parents, Big Ty and Stephanie. I was following on Facebook. I used to coach the boys when they were young. I'm following on Facebook, and they're at Keene for Reese's game, Tyrese. They got tanked with them, and then they're heading to the next football game for Tyreem, and, it, and it's really nice. I'm very happy for that family and our family here with Vineland Athletics. Yeah, we've got a almost, you know, we joke about it before we uh, our, start our broadcast, and Coach Russo and I joke about it. We almost have an NFL roster size worth of alumni now playing at the NCAA level, whether it's Division One, Division Two, or D3. It's just so fascinating to watch, even from the time that I was in high school, like Jamil was the first, you know, big name to go. And, you know, when I was a, a freshman, you had Andrew Anister going to play at the next level. Um, but, you know, now it, it seems like every year it, it's a big chunk and a big handful going to the next level. And it's so awesome to watch. And that happens at the expense of our overall record. Because if we were still playing Cape American teams, just look at what happened when we were at Clearview. They have a, a top defensive tackle, offensive tackle going against Develis on one side of the ball. So what do you think happens when other teams are trying to pull him from Cincinnati and they look at film? It's like, oh, who's this Develis? Who, who's this Akami that beat him on that play? You know, so our guys are getting looks and the tough schedule has all the eyes on us and really helps to give these players another opportunity to play in college because when I went through in the 80s I mean no offense to any of you that played but there was maybe one a year if that you know and it just wasn't something that happened but now you're being seen by everybody and, and just that one game could be enough tape to get you to be able to play at school and get a little help yeah so you know to all of our alumni we talk about you every week keep doing your thing obviously uh, Braylon Blakely at TCNJ. We got a bunch of people at Keene. We got a bunch of people at Alvernia. Um, you know, the list goes, it, it's such a long list. You know, it's reminiscent of, uh, the, the funny gif of Jafar from Aladdin, you know, rolling the scroll out. That is the list of Vineland high school football alumni playing at the NCAA level. And, uh, it's just awesome to continue to watch them succeed at the next level. And, you know, it's just, again, more motivation for the guys on this current team to, put their name on that list and continue to play at the next level, which I'm sure a bunch of these seniors will be doing uh, this time next year. But Rich, heading into Washington Township, from your perspective, what's uh, what's the biggest key to this game so Vineland walks away 3-2? and two? We're going to know right away. I think the biggest key is how they take the field, and I don't mean physically running onto it. How the first drive on each side of the ball goes – you know, body language, posture, poise, because that slipped at the end of the game, which I guess you understand why it's not understandable, but you understand why, you know, because things got out of hand. But for the first time all year, I've seen some people take some plays off and they took them off out of frustration, not out of fatigue. And hopefully we can bring some fight back in because you're not going to win every football game 
but you could win every physical battle. You know, one thing, you know, if you're up against it, it's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to level this dude. You know, I, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to hit him. You know, hold him up. Let me hit him. And I'm not talking about hitting him dirty, but, but hitting him, you know, and having that pride in your performance, even when it's down. And it's really tough when things fall apart. But I want to see them get together. I want to see some leadership on that field to inspire and get them where they need to be instead of that, you know, you break somebody, you know, and whatever sport you're playing, when you break somebody, you know, you swim and when you pull ahead when you're not supposed to, and they're like, what? And you break them. That can happen on a football field, but when you when you break, you're not broken. It's time to come back in and bring some physicality to the game. A lot of years under Coach Russo, friends and family that watch some of the games, they're like, yeah, they're okay, but boy, they're the most physical team I've seen. And that's a staple of the culture of violent football that I like being there. The physicality, I, I want you to be aggressive. And the defense has done it because we have so many guys with seven to 14 tackles. You know, they're all getting there, but it needs to stay. So you need to play with some pride and don't let any early adversity set you back. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. This is the first week uh, that we don't know the jersey combination that they'll be wearing. Because usually I you ask Coach Russo for that. It's a look good, good feel, feel good, good, play good podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to end up wearing. My guess is they're going to keep the white pants clean. They might go with the, either the red or the gray or the black pants. Potentially white tops being on the road, but we'll see what the jersey matchup is. On the broadcast, which you guys can tune in on the Vineland Public Schools YouTube channel each and every game day week, myself and Rich on the call this week at Washington Township, 7 p.m. kickoff. Make sure you join us there, and make sure you guys are following Vineland High School Football on social media as well, at Vineland FB on Twitter and the Red and Gray Gridiron Group on Facebook. And, of course, follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed so you get every episode of the Dan Russo Show on your phones, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It helps more people find the show and find the podcast feed. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get the Dan Russo Show premiering every Thursday night around 8, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can join the chat live. We're usually in there talking about everything we're breaking down. So make sure you subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well. And let everybody know that's where you can get the video version of the Dan Russo Show. But this has been a booth talk version of the Dan Russo show presented by the red and gray gridiron group and underground sports, Philadelphia for my partner, rich Scarpa. We'll see you guys Friday night in the booth, but I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. And in, next week, probably with coach Russo, we'll be talking about hopefully a big violent high school football win. But until then we will see you all next week. Just a kid from the neighborhood. We're our kids from a neighborhood. Take me back to nine to six. I fall asleep with the radio on. I'll be ready come the daylight. I woke up saying it's about time.